You're listening to a podcast from Victory. Through Christ, we are more than conquerors. Discover faith that conquers in week three of Dare to Believe. It is the third installment of our series, and our goal is that at the end of the series that we will exemplify a life of audacious faith. Okay, say the word audacious. Thus, we will have the courage to step out of our comfort zone, overcome the challenges that will come our way, and have the boldness to believe God for the impossible. And I'm telling you right now, all of us in this room will have challenges this year. I'm not here to discourage you or prophesy over your your situation, but we will be confronted with a lot of challenges. And I do pray that more than just what comes our way is that our faith will stand trial, and thus we will overcome. I'm just so thankful that indeed this is the third installment that as we journey and start the year, we will have the confidence that everything that uh, we believe in or trusting God for will not just be according to our own efforts, okay? That we have God on our side and God will give us the strength and will see us through. So the bottom line of everything that we're doing, if you're here right now, you want to have an ever-increasing faith this year. It is never based on the tone of your voice and how passionate you are. It is based on the walk that you have with God. It is uh, really your relationship with a with the Lord after all. And I know that a lot of you here, you know what I'm talking about. When you have a relationship with someone, you become confident in approaching the person. Am I correct? How many of you here, you have friends that would always take advantage of you because they're so familiar with, with the relationship that they have with you? They'll go to your house, sleep in your room without you knowing it. <laughs> they will use your toothbrush, and at times you would sue, see them, okay? Going out of, of, of your house with your own shirt without them asking permission. And, and people can just be so familiar. There's a certain downside to that. But I, I realize that when people are beginning to be familiar, they're confident that you will never take it against them. And in the same manner, I hope that more than just how religious we can be, that our faith is always rooted in our relationship with God. I do pray that your relationship with the Lord will grow this year. If you don't have a relationship with God, you're welcome. In fact, Christ came into this planet so that you can have a relationship with Him. He did not wait for you. He went down, interacted with people so that you can relate with Him. This is the God that we have. In the midst of sin, that He went out of uh, His way. In fact, in Romans 5.8, says that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. He did not wait for you to repent. He died so that when you're ready to be to be back home, you will have the affirmation that he will accept you wherever you are in your journey in this life. This is why today we will talk about Caleb. Okay? And I hope that you're familiar with the life of Caleb. And I, I, I just can't even reconcile how this man would have the boldness and the audacity to trust God for things that are just seemingly uh, uh, impossible. And I know that uh, you've read the story of Caleb, but I realize that if you look at the whole, the whole story of, of Caleb, knowing that he is not an Israelite, okay? He's not an Israelite. He's a Kenesite. He's the son of uh, Jephunneh, and, and, and we, will, we will read this in, in, in the Bible. You will discover that, that indeed the confidence of Caleb was not based on his age or his background or his social status or his master's degree. This is something that, that I, I realized through the years of being a Christian, a follower of Christ. I was so insecure growing up because I found out, okay, and I'm not embarrassed. I love my father. I found out that I was born out of wedlock. We were always set aside and, and, and part of the second family. And of course, I'm the only son. So, so I realized God has a plan. But I realized that, that through the years, I cannot really demand because I'm from the second family. Because of the status I have and the treatment I have with my, with my sisters. 
And, and I realized it was, it was just my mentality. My father loves me so much and did everything for me. In fact, finance, everything that I want. But I did not see that growing up because of how I see myself. And some of us, the reason why you can't have the audacity to trust God for bigger things because of how you see yourself. Remember, God sees us not based on our value and how good we are. God sees us based on what Jesus did on the cross. Can we give God the glory for that? So if you're telling me right now, Pastor, I cringe every time I would look at my past. I, I, I cringe every time I would look at what, uh, what, what, what I did in the past or, or, or my background or, or the family that I represent. You're getting it all wrong. In the past, Jesus died for us. Thus, your identity is the way Christ sees you. Nothing more, nothing less. So this morning, I hope that as we unravel what God has in store for us, that we can relate with the life of Caleb, that he is a man whose faith is not and never dependent on his age and what he has and what he possesses. It is dependent on the size of his God. This is why, if you look at the story of Caleb, he was given the task in Numbers chapter 13 by Moses and Aaron to go and scout out the land that they would want to probably inherit. And to make a long story short, Moses and, and Aaron uh, opted to do a reconnaissance mission with, with, with 12 representatives of 12 different tribes. 12 of them went to scout and spy out the land. This was uh, something that I believe was probably a juncture or a crossroad of how the faith of Caleb was defined. Because if you look at the whole story, uh, you see that, that Caleb was just second to Joshua. Okay? It was never, in fact, just like what they mentioned, an Israelite uh, and part of the chosen people of God. But because his relationship with God had a different value, he knows God differently. The Lord said to Moses in chapter 13, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. We need to be reminded that they went and scouted the land. I want to remind you okay, that, that in Numbers 13 verse 26, the spies, okay, and, and, and the, uh, the 12 representatives of the 12 dif the different uh, tribes went back okay, to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There, they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They showed the fruits. This is what we got and this is what we have. Graves and, and, and it is flowing with milk and honey. And they give good reports, okay? But there's more. They said to Moses, we went into the land to which you sent us. It does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. And this is something that, that at times we can reflect on, that we see that God is good, but Lord, you just don't have any idea. I'm, I'm getting older. I don't think I can find a husband. There's always this, this, this left hook that yes, I do understand God is good. God is faithful. God can bless you, pastor, but not me. Where is that coming from? In fact, okay, the reaction of the, 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 the ten spies, other than Joshua and Caleb, they said, we seem like grasshoppers in our, what? Our own eyes. Take note. The comment was, we look like grasshoppers, and we look the same to them. Isn't that a ridiculous? It was them who judge who they are. And the problem with most of us is that, this is how we look at ourselves, not based on what Jesus did on the cross. This is my capacity. This is 
how limited I am. In fact, I repeated grade school twice. Okay, I want to be honest, thrice. I just want to add a little bit of value at least. I can look back and use that as a reference that I don't have the right to stand here in front and, and inspire and exhort and, and motivate and provoke you to trust God. But at the end of the day, I'm glad. Okay? That because of what Jesus did on the cross, my value is not dependent on my past and what okay, I failed to do. And when I realized that, I, I want you to know that when I entered college, I don't know why I was good and I was voracious when it comes to reading and studying. I was surprised. I was really surprised. In fact, I questioned, okay, the examiner of, of, of the university where, where I came from, I, if I did really pass. I know I flunked. I know in my heart, but I passed. Make a long story short, I don't want to brag about this. I graduated second in my class. And it's just the two of us. No, just kidding. No, no, no. I, I, was, I was surprised. Because it wasn't just about gaining a, 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 an award or, or, or being recognized by people. I realized that Jesus died for me. Thus, my value is never dependent on, on, on how good I am, but dependent on what Jesus did on the cross. And thus gave me the motivation. I will study well because I'll do this for Jesus. Do you understand the reason why? Just like what our music director, Ray Lizardo, said, that we can shout at the top of our voice. The reason, the reason why I'm shouting and I'm worshiping God because on the cross, Jesus said, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. He shouted at the top of his voice. And I, can, I can't help but shout, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. That's my, that's my response because of what he did for you and me. This is why I realize that when we look at ourselves like grasshoppers, you look at yourself so small. You look at yourself that I'm always depressed. I'm a black sheep. I don't know. I don't understand that. I'm dumb. I'm stupid. I'm, I'll never amount to anything. I'm fat. You need to say that once in a while because the truth will set you free. But my point is, at times we, we look at what the facts are than what Jesus did on the cross. And I hope that you will soon realize the reason why you look down on yourself because you just don't believe what Jesus did on the cross. This is why the enemy is potent and effective in dealing with us. You know the reason why the devil is effective because he's just using okay, the things that we've authored, that we have confessed, and the things that we think we deserve. Church, this morning I hope that you will not look down and be overconfident as well on the other side of the spectrum. That everything that we do, no matter what will happen in the future, has been addressed on the cross. You coming here is not a fight. This is a product of a fight. You're coming here because the, the fight has been won 2,000 years ago. This is what, what was spoken in Deuteronomy chapter uh, 1, verse 36. Except Caleb, the son of Jephani, he shall see it. And to him and to his children, I will give the land on which he has trodden, because he has wholly followed the Lord. In fact, Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19 says, If you are willing and obedient, you will eat and the good things of the land. You'll inherit the fruit of the land. So my question with us right now is, what's with this guy? What's wrong with Caleb? What does he have and what does he possess? Why, amidst all the limitations, Pastor, I'm not, I'm not like Caleb it's not about you. It's about what Jesus did on the cross. If this is about you, I'm telling you right now, we'll, we'll, we'll fail. Look at the person on your left. You, you want to partner with the... I'm telling you, you'll fail. No matter how you try, you'll fail. 
And the reason why I can speak with confidence, because Lord, every single day, I would always tell God, Lord, again, I will preach this Sunday, just don't leave me. I won't go up there all by myself. Every morning, Lord, I'm going to the office, I have a meeting with Pastor A. I want to present something to him, I want to tell him something, Lord, just don't leave me. But that's the kind of posture that I have. And one thing we can learn from Caleb is that he's a man of what? He's a man of focus. He was focused on one thing. And a lot of us here, we have to really qualify this because a lot of us, we, we're focused on, on, on other things and thus it has an influence over our lives. Whatever we focus on has a direct influence in the way we live our lives. Caleb was so focused, wholly devoted to God, wholly directed to God. Caleb had a faith to conquer because he saw it through the lens of faith and, and he saw it, okay, that it is only God, no one else. That God can make things happen. Fear puts us, or puts a focus on me. Faith puts a focus on God. Focus and God, and how God sees things according to his perspective. Most of the time when we are in trouble, we react and we fret. Why? Because you're acquainted, you're familiar on how you go about dealing with situations. We look at our lenses, then looking at the lenses of God. So once in a while, I hope that you'll evaluate yourself. God, why am I reacting to this situation? Because that's a byproduct of fear. Lord, can I just retrace my steps and once again remind myself, Lord, my focus should not be on what I think I need to do. Let me first take your perspective. Let me first take your vantage point. Because if you look at the life of Caleb, okay, he, there are a lot of reasons that he doesn't have what it takes to do and to accomplish what the Lord has called him to do. We will read that part, okay? But before we read that part, okay, I want to direct you first in Joshua chapter 14, verse 6 to 14. Then the people of Judah came to Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephani, said to him, Joshua said, you know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God in Kadesh Barnea, concerning you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in my heart. It was in the heart of really Caleb. It wasn't fabricated. It was what he lived for. Verse 8, But my brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. Yet I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day saying, Surely the land on which you what your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever. It is not just for you, but your entire lineage because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive just as he said. This 45 years since the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel walked in the wilderness. So I want you to imagine right now, okay? While he, 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 he was walking, he was imagining, Lord, you promised me. Okay, isn't it amazing? How many of you here can attest that, okay, indeed we have a relationship with God, but you know in your heart God has a promise for you and me. Okay, it's good to look back and remind God, okay? Though God, okay, doesn't have an Alzheimer's disease, okay? 
uh, that he, he, he will uh, comply to his promise, but it's good to verbalize what the Lord has promised. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, verse 10, just as he said this 45 years since the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses. While Israel walked in the wilderness, and now behold, I am this day 85 years old. Wow! I am still strong as today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. My strength now is as my strength was then, for war and for going and coming. I can still fight! Okay? Verse 12. So now give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day how the Anakim, okay? This is not Anakin. This is different, okay? How Anakim, okay, were there with great fortified cities. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall drive them out just as the Lord said. Then Joshua blessed him and he gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephani, for an inheritance. Therefore, Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephani, the Canaanite, to this day, because he wholly followed the Lord, the God of Israel. And thus, okay, I hope that, okay, it will re- really remind us that though Joshua uh, okay, promised and was a witness of that promise, okay, he doesn't have a choice but to let it and give it to, to Caleb. Because in the midst of all the challenges that came Caleb's way, he was willing to move forward and allow God to take him by the hand. You need to be reminded that a lot of us here, okay, has to once in a while remind ourselves that God, you're not yet done with me. God is working something, and at times we don't feel it. God is brewing something. But if you look at the life of Caleb, I mean, for the past 40, 45 years, I mean, you did not complain. You're old, yes. You have all the limitations, and you can say, God, I have a senior citizen card. How is this possible? Lord, I'm growing older. Okay? Do I have the capacity to, to still receive what you have promised? Do I have the, 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 the strength to subdue Hebron? And if you look at the, the, the whole topograph, uh, uh, topography of, of this place, it's not an easy, it's a daunting task. Because it has, I think, three, four, five kingdoms. And in order for you to possess the land, you have to fight for it. It's for you, but you have to fight for it. If, and if you're telling me right now, Pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm not Caleb. And this story is not possible. And I'm telling you right now, let me introduce to you my grandfather. Okay? By the name of Don Pellman, who broke five world records in high jump, shot put, discus, and long jump at the age of 100. Now, some of you here, you're, you're in your 40s and you feel like, probably tomorrow I'll die. Okay? I hope that's not going to happen. I mean, if you want to know his story, Google it. And I'm telling you right now, it provoked me this morning. I need to do something with my body. And if I'm telling you, you have to shape up. Yes, I'm also preaching to myself. But I hope you don't understand, okay, that Caleb is 85. This guy was 100. So it's possible. If you're right now 85 and you feel like, Pastor, it's too late. No, it's not too late. I'll tell you the reason. Why? Pastor, tanda ko na. Pastor. Tumatanda na ako. You know, pag, alam mong matanda ka na pag ang buhok mo sa tenga, mas marami sa ulo. Matanda ka na. Do, do you understand? Yeah. Tenga sa sa ilong, okay? That's, that's one of the manifestations, okay? Alam mo, sabi nila, okay? 
kinatakutan mo eh, di ba? Uh, that, that's, that's a manifestation of, 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 of old age. Di ba? Pag tulog ka, kala ng iba patay ka. I'm telling you right now. That, that's a manifestation of old age. But you know what? The comment of, of, of nurses and doctors of, of, of the, the, the body or the, the bone makeup of Don Pellman uh, was that his body, okay, did not degenerate, okay, and, and his muscles are well-maintained. And people are surprised. Because this is a miracle, correct? No, it's not a miracle. You have to practice. You have to lift weights. You just can't sit down, Lord, I want to receive your miracle. I want to be strong. I wanna, you cannot do that. You can't sit down and say, I want to be strong. If you don't exercise and don't lift weights, you'll, you'll grow weak. And again, I'm preaching to myself, not to you guys. I know you're all healthy. Alive and awake. But when you sleep, you feel like, yes, people might think that I'm dying, okay? And, and this is, okay, the 21st century Caleb that we have right now. I don't know if he's a Christian, but one thing I know from the write-ups of this man is that every time he does this, and he would throw a discus or a shot put, you know, the, the words that he would mutter is that, I need more practice. Isn't it amazing? I mean, the guy isn't finished with, 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 and never satisfied that he has already reached the pinnacle of success. Pag bumabato siya, practice pa. That's his, that's his, that is his slogan. He would always say, I'm not done yet. I need to do something more. And I'm telling you right now, marami pang namatay na tamad. Do you understand? I want to die working hard. Not according to my strength. This is our advantage. We work hard because we know it's done. We work hard not for significance, but because Jesus was a man who did it all. He was a fighter. He was a, a worker. He, he went to the cross. Is there anything too hard for God? This is my motivation, church. And this is why I'm excited to preach on this chapter. And Joshua chapter 14, verse 6 says, Then the people of Judah came to Joshua at Gilgal. They approached him. And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God in Kadesh Barnea, concerning you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me to Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in my heart. This is not part of the Bible. On their way back to Moses, probably they've been discussing. And roughly about 90% of those people would say, This is not possible. But in his heart, it's possible. Do you understand? How many of you here, you've been in that situation where people are, are, are saying no, but in your heart, you know, this is the right thing to do. It pleases God. I'm telling you right now, the voice of people is not the voice of God once in a while. Do you understand? That you know if you have a relationship with God, you, you, you can't listen to, to the reports of people that surround you. You have to listen to the voice of God. You know, your advantage, church, this year is that with all the bloopers and blunders left and right, you know that the Lord will not leave you nor forsake you. Amen. This is what happened to Caleb. But my brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, yet I wholly followed the Lord my God. You know, if you look at the whole, uh, 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 really, um, commentaries of, of, of Caleb, that this, I think, Hebrew or Greek, uh, is also translated as a dog. But more than that, if you look at all the commentaries that his name has two meanings, whole, okay, and heart, wholehearted. And this is what I want us to develop this year. 
that you're just so focused and centered on God and nothing else. This is why we, we, we make mistakes in life because at the start of the year we say, Lord, God, I'm all yours, but can I include this one to you? Do you understand? That's not devotion, ladies and gentlemen. And Caleb was successful because their focus was on God. How many of you here, married men? Married men, raise your hand. If you're married and you have a wife, you know that in your heart you, you're, you're married, right? You know that, okay? You have a wife and she's nagging you. You know that, right? You know, no, no, no husband in his right mind would tell his wife, I mean, I'm all yours six days a week. Can I be with a person just for about five minutes, another, another woman? Nobody. Six days a week and 23 hours a day, just one hour or five minutes. Do you, I mean, wives would never agree with me, right? That you, 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 would, you would allow your husband to be with someone for just five minutes? I mean, you have the rest of the week. Nobody, right? Because you are what? You're asking your husband with, with all his devotion to you. Same thing with a husband. You want that. And this is a good illustration that we can learn from that God wants our all this year. And this is why Joshua was successful, uh, Caleb was successful, and Joshua was also successful because they're centered on God. They're focused on God. And Moses wore on that day saying, surely the land of which your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever because you have holy followed the Lord my God. Holy followed the Lord your God. This is what we need this year. Yes, I know some of you here say, I just want to go to church and probably do my thing. No, 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 no. Is God part of your daily affairs? Is he part of your studies? Is he part of your work? Is he part of your marriage? Lord, you're part of everything, but when it comes to my finances, Lord, let me handle this. I can take care of this. And when the going gets stopped, Lord, Panginoon, tulong. You call on God. And the reason why you can't trust God when you're in trouble financially, because God was never present from the very beginning. You know that, the love because Panginoon, Lord, can you bless me financially? But in your heart, you know, the Lord cannot probably, because from the very beginning, He was not invited. So in everything that we, we do, we need to invite God because when the going gets tough, we have the confidence, Lord, I've invited you in this situation. Can you come through? This is why it is important that we can replicate the faith of Caleb because audacious faith looks at what God has done. That you look back and remind yourself, Lord, you have taken me this far. You've been so good and faithful. God will not take you this far and keep you alive if there is no plan. How many of you here, you have met people that are healthy and strong, but they're nowhere to be found? They're with the Lord. Yeah. Because that's it. I, I cannot give you the reason. I'm not trying to, to, to laugh at them or malign them. That's it. That's the only tenure that, they, that the Lord has given them. Here you are. You're still alive. I hope that you can look back and say, God, you have a plan. I'm discouraged this morning. But if I look back, I just can't help but count how you have blessed my life. You know that in your heart, it wasn't and it was not a perfect life, but God was and He will be faithful. Amen. Faith is always according to how God sees our situation and not how we see our condition. This is important. The reason why all these years and all those 40, 45, 85 years, He saw things not from His perspective. It was from the vantage point of God. For some of us, I'm telling you right now, if you look at your situation, you will see a problem. But if you look at 
the perspective of God, you will see an opportunity. Look at the situation, it's a problem. Take the perspective of God. Oh, Lord, it's not a problem, it's an opportunity. If you look at the, your perspective, Lord, it's falling apart. If you look at the perspective of God, Lord, it's falling into the right place. Do you understand how your perspective can hurt you? If you look at your, your perspective, Lord, it's a setback. If you look at the perspective of God, it's the greatest comeback. It's always an opportunity. This is why starting today, everything that we do should be viewed from the vantage point of God. The only thing that we need to revisit in the past is God's faithfulness. Nothing more, nothing less. Some of you, you want to stay in the past. Lord, ako. Lord, nalugi ako. Lord, naloko ako. Lord, pumayat ako. Yung ganun? I don't know if it's, it's positive. Lord, you, you look back. Lord, sinaktan ako nun. Lord, gaganti ako. Lord, papakita ko sa kanila. Lord, you always refer back to how people has hurt you. But God is simply saying in this passage, Caleb revisited the past and not the people who has hurt him if there are. But he revisited the past and revisited the faithfulness of God. And I don't know if you have observed this, but if you're driving your car, there's always a side mirror so that you can monitor cars left and right. Am I correct? But most of us, this is how we live our lives. That 90% of our journeys that we look at the side mirror and not the windshield. Have you given it a thought why the windshield is bigger than the side mirror? Because what's in front of us is what's important and what's behind us. Right? Some of you are not convinced. Pastor, side mirror What is important is right in front of us, right? And the past is past. We can be reminded what a, what a great view. Well, let me look ahead. So looking back is a reminder, Lord, I have listed how you, how I passed high school, went to college, passed the board exam. Now I have a job. Lord, I have a wife. <laughs> I have a wife. It should be a tone of celebration. Caleb said, now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive. And I hope people around us will, will, be, will be happy when they, when they hear that you're still alive, right? Buhay ka. Ganon? Buhay ka pa. Iba yun eh. Just as he said this 45 years since the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses. While Israel walked in the wilderness, and now, behold, I am this day 85 years old. 85 years old. He was simply saying, I'm 40, now I'm 85 there must be something that God is brewing. I'm still alive. Audacious faith is not just what God has done. Audacious faith looks at what God is doing. God is doing something. If you take a closer look, you just have to stay focused on God. Yes, there are things that might possibly happen this year that might not be for your advantage. Hang on. It is God who took us by the hand and He'll never leave us. So your job should you choose to accept it, it's just to be wholly focused on God. Focus on God, that's it. I don't know if, if I'll be sick next week or I'll, 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 I'll have financial problems next year or next month. Focus on God. I can't tell you the nitty-gritty of, of how you will, you will evade all of this, but focus on God. That's the only thing. 
I can tell you this morning. Because at the end of the day, Caleb accomplished what the Lord has called him to do. Because he was wholly focused on God. And because of that, though at times it doesn't feel like God is doing something, God is doing something. Though we feel like we're wasting away every single day, God is regenerating something from deep within our, our lives. God is working. And he said, I am still strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. And I feel like he was not just strong because it was because of the miracle of God. It's not in the Bible, but for you to be strong and you know that God is for you, you have to do your part. And some of you here, Lord, you bless my life, Lord, and make me a millionaire. Every day you, you, and every minute of the day you eat pork and you drink pork. And no matter how the Lord wants to bless your life, if you die tomorrow, I don't think it would be a successful lifetime. It is as well our response that, Lord, you have a great plan. Let me do something with the day. So I do pray that you do your part because you know that God has a plan based on how you've seen the Lord has taken this far and what the Lord is doing in your life. Just like what I mentioned, as long as you're alive, God is up to something. And for the past few years, I believe it's not part of of, of, of the rest of the Bible, I felt like if you have another book for Caleb, he will tell you stories that he would sleep early. And some of you, I want to sleep at 1 a.m. and God bless my body. You, you cannot do that. Because at the end of the day, when you know that God is up to something, Lord, let me cooperate with you. Let me be involved in what you're doing in my life. When you're approaching 40s, you're beginning to have realizations, right? Right now, the start of the year, I want to I want to lose weight every single day. It's my prayer. I don't pray for India or China, just my weight. Do you understand? <laughs> Lord, can you just take and remove my appetite? I just been my prayer for about 15 years, and I failed. I, I, I can eat anything. I can eat you. But my point is, I, I, I love to eat. I'm telling you right now, if I want to serve the Lord, I, I have to lose weight. Amen? Amen. <laughs> but my point is, Caleb said, so now give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day how the Anakim were there with great fortified cities. These are giants. It may be the Lord will be with me and I shall drive them out just as the Lord said. Then Joshua blessed him and he gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Japheni, for an inheritance. Therefore Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Japheni, the Kenesite to this day, because he wholly followed the Lord, the God of Israel. And because of that, he saw how, what the Lord has done, what the Lord is doing. And audacious faith looks at what, what God will do. And God did it. He paved the way for Caleb to accomplish and conquer uh, the land. And, and, and it was validated by Joshua. And if you look at the story, it wasn't just a, a walk in the park. For years, he has to be with God. He has to focus on God. If you look at the story of, of, of Caleb, he was not there for what God will provide. Isn't it amazing that at times we approach God because of what God can give us? The mere, the mere fact, okay, we have God is the greatest reward. We feel like, Lord, let me approach you so I can be rewarded. The mere fact you know God is a reward. You don't deserve it. Do you understand? Because if you approach God, this year will be a great year. I just have to stay faithful with you. I just have to love you. Because in return, I know something is in store for me. Yeah, I love the whole idea. But that's not the spirit should be. The spirit, Lord, it's you. Because it's in, in the Bible. We focus on God, everything will be added unto us. Come on now. 
Our relationship is never based on what God can provide. It is always on who He is. The reason why we have faith, because our focus is not on what God can provide. The object of our faith, just like what I mentioned two weeks ago, is God Himself. This is why we can say God is up to something. He has done something. He's doing something today, and He will do things in the future. Audacious faith that obeys, conquers. This is what we need to learn. So simple. Okay? Hindi nga pinag-isipan to pinag-isipan naman, okay? We thought of it. But we have to say it over and over again. That there are promises for all of us, but if you don't obey, you miss the point. You know, one thing I realized, I have this picture in my mind, that obedience is something that you pursue and go to. Because that's where the promise of God. If this is where the promise of God is, it is in the realm of obedience. And if you stay here, you'll never have it. You have to go to a place of obedience to see the promise of God. This is what Caleb did. It was just a life of obedience. So if you're here right now, Lord, I've been obeying for the past few years. The journey isn't yet over. You're in the middle of the journey. Ang iba sa atin, starting line pa lang. Diba? Gunfire pa lang. Ano ba to Lord? Do you understand? We, we're not even scratching the surface. Some of you, you're just warming out in the, fin- in, in the starting line, Lord. Ano ba to? Tatakbo ba talaga? Why? You don't see the whole thing. You don't see that it is God. You don't, you don't see that you're doing this because of your relationship with God. And this is what I like. When Jesus Christ was in the Garden of Gethsemane, as, as we end, He was saying, take this cup in Matthew chapter 26, verse 39, away from me. But not my will. But, but, your will. It's, it's a moment of, Lord, I, I want to obey. Lord, it's not my sin, come on now. Let them hang themselves on the cross. Let, let you hang yourself on the cross. I mean, why would I die for this intercessor? I mean, just kidding. <laughs> Why? But Jesus offered to say, Father, let your will be done. And when he went to the cross, he conquered sin, Satan, and death. Jesus Christ conquered it all. Jesus Christ conquered your past. Jesus Christ conquered your debts. But you have to pay. You have to pay to those people you're indebted with. Okay, I hope that's clear. Jesus conquered our past, our bitterness, our pain. Jesus conquered your, your mental illness. You understand? Jesus conquered everything. Jesus conquered broken relationships. Caleb conquered Hebron this time. Jesus conquered it all. This is why we can go out of this room with the audacity to trust God because there is no longer any point of discussing this. It's done. I mean, to, 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 to end and cap this, how many of you here have attended uh, a gathering na yung pagdating mo, tapos na? Yung, Hi, yung ganun, tapos na. Ano yung reaction na tapos na? Hindi pa ganun, di ba? Hi. What is, may, may effort ba? Yung tapos na yung Lahat lumalabas, yung... Samahan mo na lang, di ba? And you know deep in your, in, in your heart that the team that you're vouching for is the champion. 
There's nothing to, no effort at all. You just have to bask and enjoy that you're a champion. Panalo kayo! Tapos na eh. Panalo kayo! That's the kind of feeling. You're forever grateful walking back home saying, God, salamat. It's done! You conquered it all! Thus, I can live life in and with victory. You can go out with so much audacity in your heart and you can trust God for greater things because you're not fighting for victory. You're fighting from victory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We can conquer all our limitations for Christ has conquered it all. Heavenly Father, thank you for this moment that each and every person in this room is a conqueror. As we bow our heads and close our eyes, I, I want you to imagine right now that you're riding a bicycle. Imagine this with me, riding a bicycle, but right in front of you is a huge 10-wheeler truck. You're doing it, but somebody's paving the way for the wind resistance. Hindi ka napapagod. Somebody did it before you. And you're just right behind him. And the reason why you have the confidence because somebody in front of you did it. I can do this. Somebody paved the way. Somebody is ahead of me. This is why I just don't want to, I don't want to run my own race. I want to stay behind what Jesus did in the cross. So if you're here right now, you want to, you, you are saying, God, I want to stay behind what Jesus did in the cross. That he conquered it all. Lord, I don't want to do my own thing. I want to do this behind you or with you. I want you to raise your hand. This year, God, I will do this with you. I will trust you for greater things. Because I know that you conquered it all. If you're here right now, you're praying for what people did to you in the past. You're hurting. You're saying, God, I just can't allow my past to be a reference of what people did to me. And how painful life can be. I want you to raise your hand right now. Lord, I pray that you minister to these people. If we have certain issues with our past, Lord, heal us. I want you to raise your hand as high as you can. Lord, right now, heal them. Learn that, that they will learn, Lord God, to forgive and release people that has offended them. Thank you, Jesus. And right now, you're saying, God, I don't feel like you're doing something. Lord, I'm going to church. I want to follow you. Lord, but I don't feel like I'm moving forward. Lord, what's wrong? The Lord is simply saying, be still and know that I am God. I want you to raise your hand right now. You feel like, Lord, I don't feel anything, but by faith, I will obey. I don't know what you're up to, but by faith, I will obey. I want you to raise your hand if you're saying that right now. If you're saying right now today, God, I feel like everything that surrounds me is discouraging. But Lord God, affirm me, encourage me this morning. Thank you, Jesus, that you're in control of our lives. Whatever is happening in our situation right now, you're in control. If you're here right now, you're not sure, Lord, 
I know I'm alive. I know I go to this church. I know that you love me, but do you have a plan for me? If you're the person right now, you are not sure if God has a future in store for you and your family. I want you to raise your hand. Lord, affirm me. I don't have much right now. I don't have, in fact, a lot of savings, but Lord, take control of my future. Can all of us in this room raise our hands and just offer our future to God? Lord, I offer, Lord God, my life, my family, my kids, my finances, my career, my future, my future endeavors, Lord God, I offer it to you. Be the God of my past, present, and future. You can put down your hands. As we bow our heads and close our eyes, let me invite people. If you're here right now and you're saying, God, I need you this year. I have been doing life on my own and I've seen the byproduct of it. Lord, I'm tired of being sick and tired. Panginoon, pagod na pagod na ako. I want you in my life. If you're saying and you're inviting Jesus into your life, I want to invite you into a simple prayer of inviting Christ into your life and making Him your personal Lord and Savior. And if you want that, I want you to pray this prayer after me. Just repeat this prayer after me. Say this after me with the help of our leader. Say this. Jesus, you're the God of my past, present, and future. I want to invite you into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Panginoon, tinatanggap ko ang pagbabago sa buhay ko. Today, I repent from all known sins and I want to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to one of our podcasts. We hope it blesses and inspires you to honor God and make disciples. For more messages like these or to access other resources, please visit victory.org.ph or download the Victory app for free on the iTunes Store or Google Play. If you would like to share a story of God's faithfulness in your life, please visit victory.org.ph slash mystory.